0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. It's Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norden, here with the second of our Best of 2022 interview episodes. With these episodes, I'm going to tell you what this interview meant to us here on the TPT team, why we picked it for our Best of, and then play a snippet from the interview. I'll let you know the date, we aired the originals as well, so you can go back and check out the full thing. Those are all linked in your show notes. I mentioned this last week, but the first question I ask in every single interview we do is what that person's why is. And by this, I mean, what is your reason for being involved in environmentalism? You know, I am an environmentalist. I am sustainable. Why? That's the answer that we're looking for here, because everyone has such a unique perspective on that simple question. And these snippets should provide a peek into that. Definitely click the links in your show notes to check out the full episodes. And with that, we're going to get into today's. The first interview that we wanted to highlight today was Hal Harvey and Justin Gillis from September 19th. This was one of those interviews that personally I could not believe we landed at first and was so excited about it. Hal and Justin had a new book come out on September 20th called The Big Fix, and it's about how to get involved in key political discussions so that we can have our voices heard when it comes to climate change. It's a book that almost provides a roadmap that a lot of us are looking for sometimes. We all care. We all want to do more. We don't always know how to do that. I really enjoyed speaking with them about this and many other topics, including Hal's experience with federal energy policy while working under Presidents George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton, and Justin's time reporting on climate and environmental science. On a personal level, as a subscriber of the New York Times and someone who is familiar with Justin's work, this was one of those moments for me where I felt like TPT is really heading in the right direction. Hope you like it. I want to start by taking us back a little bit. And I'm curious, what got each of you first interested in environmentalism and sustainability?
1: Well, I was uh, signed up to, I registered for the draft when I turned 18 Uh, It was a time when Jimmy Carter was deploying military forces to the Middle East. And at the same time, I was working for a solar construction company. And it was such a contrast between what we were doing as a country and what was so easy to do in building new homes. And I just couldn't stand it. (laughs) So I became sort of a freak about finding energy solutions uh, that worked in the real world and uh, that never let go.
2: I could probably take you to the spot on the beach in uh, Fort Lauderdale where I was standing uh, in the early 1980s, probably about 1983, when uh, a scientist first explained to me that the ocean was rising, uh, and I was sort of able to look north and south and see, you know, from that spot, thousands of condominiums, you know, hugging uh, the coastline of uh, of Broward County, Florida. Uh, And sort of from that moment, I kind of wanted to know why and and, uh, you know, which takes you quickly into the whole topic of climate change. Right. And and um,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: and what we're doing to the planet. So uh, my reporting career didn't always track that subject. I did a bunch of different subjects, including medical stuff. Uh, But I sort of kept circling back to the environment and, you know, kind of ended my reporting career. Uh, as the lead writer on climate for the time. Uh, And that's where I met Hal, and that's where we decided to write a book together.
0: Awesome. So that's a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, We mentioned earlier that your book, The Big Fix, Seven Practical Steps to Save Our Planet, is hitting bookshelves tomorrow. What was your goal in writing the book? And what are some things that readers can expect to find out? I've always felt that the
1: biggest shortage in our political economy was political bandwidth, political courage. And pretty rarely that uh, legislative bodies sit down and deal seriously with long-term problems. So when they do, it's just absolutely crucial that they focus on what matters. There's a lot of what I would call decorative ecology disguised as environmental policy in the world, and we can't afford that. Climate change is too big and too fast, and there's no reverse gear. So it's our hope with the book that people focus on a relatively small number of things that make a huge difference, rather than a large number of things that are trivial in consequence.
2: Yeah, I would say to that, um, a big part of our goal was we're trying to help people overcome this feeling of disempowerment that most people have, right? This is, people look at this problem and say, this is a really enormous problem, uh, which it is. Uh, I feel Mm -hmm. so small. I feel so powerless. You know, what can I do about a problem like this? And there are answers to that question. Uh, and those answers, uh, mostly do not involve, you know, how you sort your recycling bin or what's in your refrigerator, even though those are perfectly good things to do as well. But, uh, the real answers are political. There's a political path here to sort of getting things done. And so what we're trying to show people in the book is, um, Uh, there is a way, you know, and, and even though, no, you can't solve this whole problem. Nobody can, it's too big, but there are things you can do and here's how to engage it. Here, here are ways to, uh, to make a difference.
0: The second interview for today is sustainably Maya from August 8th of this summer. This was another really cool conversation for me. Maya and the TPT account had followed each other for a while on Instagram, but we had never spoken, and we got into this in the interview, but the community of conservationists, environmentalists, sustainable people on social media are for the most part very supportive, very inclusive, and very welcoming because we need all the people we can fighting this fight against climate change. I reached out to ask Maya if she'd like to be a guest on the show and immediately felt like this was a good fit. She's another young person who's doing what she can to be more sustainable while also encouraging other people to do the same and giving tips on how to do that. Something I really appreciate about her is that sustainability comes in different forms. She had a post recently about buying clothes, and she mentioned that sometimes sustainability means buying something new and making sure it lasts a long time. It's not always thrifting. It's not always upcycling. And I think that's a really important message that We're not going to be perfect all the time, but if everyone strives to be good, we're doing really well. Enjoy. So what first got you interested in environmentalism and sustainability?
3: Well, my parents actually raised me as vegan. So from day one, I've always cared about people, the planet, and animals. Um, But getting into sustainability, that didn't happen until I was 14, and I started seeing you know, all the Save the Turtles stuff that was that year that Mm -hmm. that came out. And I visited this place called Loggerhead Marine Life Center. And they rescue sea turtles that come in with all kinds of issues. And what really stuck with me was plastic pollution. And I was seeing that plastic straws weren't the only thing that was the problem. It was styrofoam, like single use plastic of all kinds, and just plastic in general. So I started cleaning up.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I kind of had that same similar experience where you start to care about animals and then you notice oh okay so straws are a big deal the six-pack container rings are a big deal and then you start to look into it more and it's it's microplastics it's plastic bags it's literally just the substance itself gets everywhere and it's definitely a much bigger problem than a lot of people realize right off the bat so
3: yeah definitely
0: so what first gave you the idea to say you know I care about this this is something I'm passionate about I want to create a platform where I can talk about this and connect to more people who are also interested in this space.
3: Um, I, well, when the, I started cleaning up trash in Florida, that was that's where Loggerhead is. And I never really, really visited the beaches close in Maryland. So I live about three hours away from the beach in Maryland. So um, I, once the pandemic started, I couldn't travel to Florida anymore. And things were so crazy. Mm-hmm. So I actually started cleaning up trash in my community. And that was like a real game changer because I was seeing how carelessly people were throwing trash out their windows or leaving their dog bags on walks. And in general, Mm -hmm. like just seeing how much people in my community were throwing away. And since I was learning so much about sustainability, I was like, maybe I can influence people to live more sustainably just like me.
0: Last up from October 17th, Anastasios Arima of Iperion X. When we spoke with Tazo's team about him coming on the show, I admittedly did not know much about Titanium. I did some research prior to the episode to be able to ask the right questions, but I almost feel like I didn't have to do this because Tazo came on, we hadn't spoken before, and the conversation immediately felt like reconnecting with an old friend and talking about something new that we've both gotten into. He made sustainable titanium fun and exciting, and I really learned a lot in this episode. Metals aren't going anywhere, so to be able to produce something low-carbon that can be 100% recycled will be an incredibly important piece of the puzzle over the coming years. So let's get to that. I'd like to ask you, what first got you into... uh, interested in environmentalism and sustainability as a whole. So
4: uh, coming back to, uh, you know, treating the the planet in the right way. I mean, I come out of the minerals extraction industry. So I, as you can hear, I'm Australian. I grew up in Australia, but I'm Greek by background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I grew up in Perth, Western Australia, where there's a very heavy focus on minerals extraction for different commodities. Uh, back then, what I focused on was driving commodities for for uh, say the China boom that happened in the early 2000s. So there I learned a lot about, you know, the impacts of what mining could have or extraction could have on the economies. And then um, as I grew my own businesses, I was the founder of a few companies early on, and then I moved to the United States. And as I got older and get and uh, had more operational uh, control, I, you know, one, it's it's the right thing to do, but two, uh, I want to make sure that people understand that uh, what we take uh, out of the ground, or what we grow on the ground, all these industries can be in harmony with uh, with the rest of the environment. There's ways to do it where where it can be. So for me, it's more just like a legacy of, you know, we. It's not back a hundred years ago where they didn't care. We care. Mm-hmm. We're part of this uh, world and. Uh, and so I want to make sure that, uh, Iperion X and, and my previous company, people on lithium, I'm not on the board anymore. I stepped off the board, uh, but I was founder of that company. I gotcha. want to make sure that, um, we, we are in harmony with everything that we're, we're doing.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting now that, you know, like you said, a lot of, several years ago, people just didn't really care as much. And, you know, some of that you could, you could chalk up to ignorance of of not really knowing the impacts we were having, but as we've gotten further along, people know what's going on with precious metal mining or a carbon intensive energy system. And to see people coming out in forces really caring and saying, I'm going to support the right causes with my wallet. I'm going to really act on what's right for the planet is really exciting, especially now that you're seeing it's not only the right thing to do, it's profitable. Like There's a lot of money to be made in renewables, in electric vehicles. So you have this kind of balance now that we didn't see 20, 30, 50 years ago where it used to be we're picking between our wallet or environmentally friendly products. Now the all roads kind of intersect at here's what we're doing. This is a great time to get involved with it.
4: Uh, I totally agree. I mean, you see, it's come down to the consumer, and I think the consumer has got a lot more power now with uh, with – social media, you know, everybody's got a camera on their phone. I grew up mm-hmm. where, you know, and I'm not that old, I'm 38. I grew up where I didn't have a camera on my phone. I'm having a Nokia. You remember that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, and now you've got a camera on your phone. There's that instant, you know, if something happens across the globe, the, the consumer can see it. So, and that goes from everywhere from taking a picture if you're in Italy to, you know, taking taking a picture of a sweatshop or taking a picture of a a, a poorly run mine or something like Mm -hmm. that. So, so it's become more evident. and, And I think then that sort of somehow flows through to, well, people will pay that extra. Like I pay, pay more for my water you know if it's b0 and and yeah that so um you know you do you do have that and i think that's going to increase you know you pay you have a lot more focus like with apple and and uh and the fords and the gms of the world on recycling materials better supply chains for the materials Mm -hmm. the sustainability reporting i definitely think it's come a long way and it's going to continue to go a long way and it takes time you know when you say you want to be sustainable the next day it just doesn't happen just like just like when the government does these fantastic things like the chips act the ira it's going to take time for those funds to come through but it's the it's a it's progress in the right direction and i think in the next five ten years we can really clean up industry and and it can be all done and at the same time like you say also be profitable to do it the right way
0: All right, that'll do it for our last best of episode, our last episode of 2022. We are going to be back with our first new episode of 2023 on January 6th. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making TPT a part of your 2022, 2021. If you've been here for a while with us, happy new year and thank you in advance for your support in 2023 with immense gratitude. For The Planet Today, I am Matt Norton. See you next Friday.